The statements expressed in the following program are those of the speaker. They do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of the sponsor, the host, and or Olas Media. Olas Media. This is Overdue Overtime, presented by Summer Schwartz. And now, here's your host, Justin Isaac. Welcome to Overdue Overtime, presented by Summer Schwartz. My name is Justin Isaac, your host. And today, we are joined by Jesse Young. Now, Jesse, before we get into this, in the past, we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about time and labor. We've talked about donning and doffing and other things that relate to that field. And we're going to be talking about something a little bit similar to that today, too. Uh, but Jesse, thank you uh, for coming back and, and joining us once again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Now, if you could just kind of run down your position at Summer Schwartz and kind of let us know what you do on a daily basis and uh, what your daily involvement is with the firm. Yeah, sure. So I'm a senior shareholder at Summer Schwartz. Uh, I've been at the firm for uh, over a decade now. Um, and my, my role at the, at the firm uh, primarily is to manage our wage and hour practice, um, you know, including our lawyers and our staff. And, you know, basically what I do is litigate uh, class and collective actions involving wage and hour issues. Yeah, we've talked a lot about that, too. We've talked uh, in the past about what it's like to be a plaintiff in a class action and all the different things that might come up uh, through that whole process. And for the most part, your firm deals with the employees and, and defending their rights. Is that correct? Correct. Prosecuting uh, cases against employers for unpaid wages, um, including minimum wage and overtime violations. So let's get right into overtime violations. Uh, today, we're talking about miscalculation of overtime. And you mentioned that it is just a complicated math problem. So break this down for us. Why is this important? How does this happen? Right. So the, the topic for today, right, is the regular rate of pay is what it's called. And the Fair Labor Standards Act itself has a provision which dictates how employers are supposed to calculate an employee's overtime rate. So typically how this works, an employer is required to take into account any and all compensation that it pays to employees. And it's actually supposed to recalculate all of its payments into a formula which dictates what the actual overtime rate is for the employee. So another way to say this, or an example of this, I suppose, for somebody who might not be familiar with this area, Take the example of an employee who's working and making $10 an hour as a base hourly rate. Typically, that employee's overtime rate then is going to be $15 an hour, right? Time and a half of $10 is $15 for all the overtime hours. Well, this comes into play where an employer is paying, say, a shift differential to this employee of a dollar an hour for working second shift. And what happens in that situation is the employer is supposed to take into account that $1 per hour shift differential and recalculate that employee's overtime rate. So in that example, for example, the, the $10 an hour wouldn't um, necessarily translate into $15 an hour for overtime once the, the $1 is, is factored in. So if you did the math and recalculated what the overtime rate is, it's probably something closer to like $15 and 50 cents or something like that. And a lot of employers uh, don't pick up on that and don't make that calculation properly. 
So you're saying that if someone was originally $10 an hour, regular overtime is $15 an hour. But if they're working a, you know, an extra shift or they're working a special shift and they're making $11 an hour, they're still only getting their 15 an hour, which should be 1550. That's kind of the math, the way that works out. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's like the most basic example I could give you, but it, it gets much more complicated than that when you start factoring in, you know, other types of pay that need to be included, like bonuses or, um, you know, we see special like COVID payments more recently, you know, when people come in during COVID, uh, they were getting bonuses for that. You see attendance bonuses, shift differentials, uh, you know, it could be really anything. And the presumption is that any extra compensation that gets paid to the employee needs to be included in that calculation for overtime. So I guess my question would be that it, typically speaking, when I think of a bonus being paid to an employee, I wouldn't think of it as something that would be eligible for overtime uh, because in my mind, it would be just a one-time payment. Um, so how would that, how does that work? I guess that's where we get into really situational type issues and, and really kind of complicated, but uh, I would think that a bonus being usually like a one-time thing wouldn't be factored into overtime uh, calculations. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of the problem we see is, is most people don't even think about that, uh, including employers sometimes. Now, some of your more sophisticated employers, you know, they, they will pay attention to it and they'll try to calculate it in. And even some of the bigger, more sophisticated employers sometimes don't do it correctly. Um, even though they're trying, they don't do that. So this is all based on the statute, the Fair Labor Standards Act. And again, it's just simply boiling it down to its essence. It's just a formula that the employer is required to follow in order to make sure that that overtime rate is correct under the statute. So I guess my next natural question would be, uh, as you hire a payroll company, I have a payroll company for my business and I I would never even think to try and do payroll on my own. Uh, And I'm assuming that a lot of business owners would say, well, I want my payroll company to be liable because they're the ones who do my payroll. Why does that argument not hold up? Well, we get that argument every once in a while. And I certainly understand the company's frustration, I suppose, with that. But the reality is under the statute, it's ultimately the employer's duty to make sure that the employees are getting paid correctly. And in my experience, typically what happens and maybe you experienced this as a, as a business owner yourself, uh, when, you, when a company sets up the payroll with a payroll company, typically the payroll company is just asking the employer how it wants to, to do its payroll and how to set that up. And then the, the payroll company typically goes back and just does what the employer asks it to do, right? Because the, the payroll company doesn't want to be on the hook for any of these kinds of violations. And so, you know, typically they just, or an order taker from the company. Now they might provide advice if, if asked or, or something, or if they see something, but typically the employer is the one who's telling the payroll company, hey, this is how we pay things. Here's the pay codes, you know, set it up this way and, and run our payroll, right? And the, the payroll company will just do it. So, you know, we typically, you know, when we get that argument from the employer, you know, typically that's what we found is, you know, they're, they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for doing it and they just didn't do it correctly. 
Interesting. And it makes me want to go revisit my payroll and make sure that I'm doing things uh, correctly. So um, that is, it makes you think about this kind of stuff because there's so many nuances to running a business that you, you're you trusting professionals and uh, obviously you're usually getting you know good advice and or you're hoping you get good advice. But uh, it does come down to the business owner to make sure that they're they're doing things right. So uh, before we get on to the next question, I do want to just refer... If, if you have a situation where you think that you're being underpaid for uh, for overtime or you know you think your overtime is being miscalculated somehow and you want more information, go to summerspc.com. That's S-O-M-M-E-R-S-P-C.com for more information. Uh, we talked about how great uh, Jesse and, and Summer Schwartz uh, is when it comes to taking in new clients and getting your questions answered and and putting you on the right track. And maybe if you do have a claim, proceeding with some kind of action or, uh, you know, taking the next step to make sure you are compensated. So um, as a part of this, though, we talked about, you know, hourly rate. Uh, What about like base rate? Is your base rate, base hourly rate, like your regular rate? Well, it could be. Um, And that's, sometimes a source of confusion also. So when I try to explain this to people, to clients and explain to them, you know, hey, your employer's not paying you correctly. We're typically looking at just the pay stubs, right? And it'll say sometimes on the pay stubs, your your regular rate is 10 bucks an hour, going back to that example. Um, but that's just a misuse of the term, you know, regular rate, right? So your base hourly rate really isn't quote unquote, the regular rate of pay. That's just what I call the, the base rate of pay. And so if that's all you're being paid is, is your base hourly rate and you're not getting any other, other kinds of compensation for bonuses of any kind or for shift differentials or anything else, then usually there's no problem as long as they're paying time and a half of that base hourly rate. Really, it, it becomes a problem when you start seeing these what I call extra compensation um, line items and pay stubs. And, you know, the key evidence that we're usually looking at to determine if there's a violation primarily is pay stubs. You know, typically you can look at a pay stub and and tell right from that document if if something's wrong or if something's being paid correctly. Um, You know, sometimes you'll get into situations where you have employers paying on a biweekly or semi-monthly basis, and that muddies the waters a little bit because you have to get into because this is all looked at on a week by week basis, you, you start to get into questions of, well, I see you've got uh, two hours of overtime in this pay period, but was that all happening in week one or week two, or you know, was it one hour in each week or something like that? And in those situations, you have to kind of get into the time records to really get an accurate calculation. But uh, typically you can look right at the pay stubs and, and figure out if there's something um, wrong or if it's being paid correctly. And, you know, that includes not only looking at the base hourly rate that you just talked about, but everything else that goes on top of that, if anything. So could we say that your base hourly rate is your your standard hourly and your regular rate, I guess? Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of... I'm trying to differentiate between the two. So uh, your regular rate of pay might be the all things factored in, your hourly plus compensations in... It, is that is that fair? Uh, yeah, that's fair. So because I do a lot of this work, I'm aware of the distinctions between the different terms, right? And so 
the way I speak about this is, you know, if somebody's getting paid again, the $10 an hour, that's what I refer to as the base hourly rate. Um, I don't refer to anything as the regular rate unless I've done the whole calculation, right? That's, that's the term of art in this area of law, the regular rate. So you can't, you got to be careful not to confuse the regular rate with the base hourly rate. They're two different things. Yeah. So regular, I, I got you now. So regular rate factors in other, other compensations and other things that come into your base hourly rate. Um, but, and so that's important because that's how we're going to calculate, right? That's how we're going to figure out if there was something that was done incorrectly. Um, when it comes to you know calculating overtime uh, and compensation, right? That's exactly right. And so, you know, if you read the case law on it, you know, the courts say um, the regular rate of pay is is the quote unquote keystone for determining the proper overtime rate. And you know, basically, the basic calculation is you take the total compensation for the week and divide it by the total hours for that same week. And that will give you your regular rate of pay, right? And then you base your overtime rate from that. So, and there's, it gets very complicated and there's exclusions and we can get into that if you'd like, but um, at its most basic level, that's the regular rate calculation. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's good to know this on a more fundamental level because everyone's situation is so different. And the main thing is, is just finding out whether it's applicable to you or not. Um, and that's why you guys are, are so important to, to contact. It, you know, getting this information just on a, on a surface level is good for us to bring it to everybody. But we want to make sure that you, you know, we get into the specifics uh, when you call Summer Schwartz, when you actually get involved in trying to find out whether or not you have a claim. So um, at this point, let's take a quick break. Uh, go to summerspc.com, S-O-M-M-E-R-S-P-C.com. Uh, if you want more information, as I was just talking about, if you want to get uh, a little bit more insight as to whether or not this applies to you, uh, we're just going to take a quick break to step away. We'll be back with Jesse right after this. To learn more or talk to an attorney at Summer Schwartz, visit summerspc.com. That's summers, S-O-M-M-E-R-S-P-C.com. We'll have more Overdue Overtime right after this quick break. You're listening to Overdue Overtime, presented by Summer Schwartz. Here's more with Justin Isaac. Welcome back to Overdue Overtime, hosted by Summer Schwartz. And I am also your host, Justin Isaac. Uh, today, I'm joined by Jesse Young, and we've been talking about miscalculation of overtime. Uh, and we've got some good information, some good surface information, but I always like bringing it back to a story or something that's a little bit more relatable. So, Jesse, if you could, let's talk about an example, something that you've actually experienced in real life uh, with a miscalculation of overtime. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Uh, it's hard to pick. Uh, <laughs> this comes up every week for us. But, um, you know, recently, I guess I'll, I'll share an example from... Uh, just last week, we had someone uh, come to us. They thought they weren't being paid correctly for a completely different reason. They thought they had an off-the-clock issue where they were being asked to work off the clock. And so we started to look at this person's pay stubs, and we quickly realized that you know not only do we need to look at this off-the-clock issue, but the pay stub showed that this person was working third shift, was making a $2 an hour shift premium or shift differential, 
uh, on top of her base hourly rate. And then in addition to that, we noticed on the pay stub that she was also getting an attendance bonus from the company uh, once a month. And so, you know, because I'm in tune to these cases, I, I look at that and I say, okay, I know I need to look at this because this is probably an issue. So you just run the math. And I always tell people this is just one big math problem and they either did the math right or they did the math wrong and you just have to do the math. And so, you know, once, once we looked at the pay stubs, figured out what, the, what was going on, how they were being paid, uh, we would go in and do the, do the math on the shift premiums. I uh, figured out that they weren't calculating the shift premiums into the overtime rate. And then we looked at the attendance bonuses too because these were non-discretionary uh, bonuses that were being paid pursuant to a written plan that was disseminated to employees at the company. And then they were issuing these performance, I'm sorry, these uh, attendance bonuses to these employees on a monthly basis. So then you have to go in and figure out, there's another calculation you have to do in those situations where you have to cover the period of time for which the bonus was intended to cover. In this particular situation, it was one month. So you, what you have to do is go back and recalculate that bonus and break it down to a, a weekly amount, right, for the four weeks. So you factor that in, you factor in the shift premiums, and you, you run that math, and you take the total compensation divided by the total hours, and it, it kicks you, you know, what the overtime rate's supposed to be. And then you just do the math. Did they actually pay the overtime rate correctly or not? And in that particular uh, situation, we found that the company was not paying uh, the correct overtime rate because it wasn't incorporating the attendance bonus and the shift premium. So that was its own claim for unpaid overtime. Now, that was in addition to what she originally came to us with, which was the off-the-clock pay. Because, of course, you know, when we explain this all to her, she had no idea that they were doing it incorrectly with the shift premiums and the bonuses. She had no clue. And most people don't. You know, 99% of the people have no idea that this is going to be some kind of a claim. So, you know, that's, I guess, a recent example I can give you of where we found out that, you know, a company was not performing the regular rate calculation correctly. So I, that actually leads me to another question, too, that's kind of akin to what we're talking about today. But in general, when you meet with someone, do you how often does it come up where there's another issue on top of what they're they're thinking is an issue? Right. Like so they might come to you for unpaid overtime and then you're like, whoa, actually, you have all this other stuff that this employer is doing wrong and you have like five claims instead of one. Yeah, that happens all the time. Um, I if I had to put a percentage on it, I, I would say certainly more than 50% of the time, somebody will come to us with, you know, something they think is unfair or, you know, for whatever reason, they disagree with it. And they'll, you know, give us all of their information, their pay stubs, and we'll start looking at it. And because we know the nuances, we'll, we'll start to identify all kinds of things. Um, sometimes we identify nothing, but, you know, it does come up quite a bit. And, you know, there's so many nuances in this area of law that most people don't even know about. Uh, you'd be shocked with how many people come to us with, with whatever, and they find out they're not getting paid for, say, five minutes a day of work that they're doing. And, and they, their explanation is, well, I didn't even know I could get paid for that. It, that happens all the time. Well, so I, and I'm, I imagine that like any business uh, owner who, you know, 
I I don't mean to like group business owners in general who do this into you know in a negative way, but like I imagine if you get one thing wrong, you're probably getting more than one thing wrong because you just don't know since we don't. There is no like I mean I guess there are some classes out there on how to run a business, but it's so there's so many like you said so many nuances to the law that it's really hard to try and keep up with everything and business owners and employees alike don't know what they don't know. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, a lot of companies have attorneys and law firms that they have on retainer and they'll, you know, they'll keep an eye out for these kinds of things. And they don't always catch everything. You know, a lot of times the bigger companies have, have found everything and corrected everything and, you know, they're doing things appropriately. But I think everybody would be surprised how often very big companies with lots of resources uh, over, you know, they have oversights on all kinds of things. It happens a lot, but yeah, it's, it's definitely for the employer, you know, if they don't have that legal counsel who, who are well-versed in this area of the law, it's very easy, even for sophisticated business owners to miss little things that are violations of the statute. Yeah. Well, let's go into the next, uh, I guess one of the next natural questions would be what, what's included in the regular rate of pay and what wouldn't be included? Because you did mention a couple of things before, whether it be, uh, you said non-discretionary payments uh, and you mentioned shift premiums. Can you, can you kind of give us some examples of what would be included and what wouldn't be? Oh, sure. So yeah, the types of things that are typically included in the regular rate calculation are things like we've talked about, the shift differentials, um, non-discretionary bonuses. In other words, bonuses that are promised to the employees uh, for some kind of a performance like attendance, right? Or, or some kind of quota if you're looking at a manufacturing facility or if it's something that's tied to the employee's performance that um, entices them to work harder or to be more consistent or show up more often. Um, and it's promised to the employee, that's typically what we would call a non-discretionary bonus. And those are included in the regular rate calculation. Um, and really, anything else that's paid to an employee on top of their base pay, uh, the law presumes that that payment is going to be in the regular rate calculation. Now, it's gonna lead to your next question, which I, can, I think you're gonna ask me, and that's what's excluded, right? And so um, everything, basically everything is included with the, with the exception of certain statutory exclusions, um, which are listed in the statute. So uh, I guess your next question, I don't want to take it out of your mouth, Justin, but is, you know, what's excluded, right? And, uh, you know, the statute itself, I think, has seven or eight um, enumerated exclusions for things like, uh, discretionary bonuses, right? Which are bonuses that are up, completely up to the discretion of the company to pay. Uh, Christmas bonuses, for example. Um, you know, things that aren't really tied to an employee's performance, but they're just really out of the goodwill of the company or just just given based on the whims of the company, I guess is, is the way to explain that. Um, other kinds of pay that would be excluded would be Vacation pay, PTO, holiday pay, uh, gifts would be excluded. And then, of course, um, any actual overtime premiums that are paid to the employee don't get calculated back into the regular rate. 
Um, and so the statute just provides for some uh, very specific exclusions and it's an exhaustive list. So if it's not on that list, the law deems it to be included in the regular rate calculation. So then uh, presumably at that point, you're going to get into the arguments of whether or not certain compensation would be on the included or not included list uh, because someone gifts might be considered you know, subjective, of course, and uh, and some of the other things you said, uh, discretionary bonuses, it, that's where you get into kind of the nitty gritty arguing about what would or wouldn't be. And then you get into what's been defined in past case law and past cases. And that's where the attorneys come in to really um, argue their points, because that's where it gets really detailed, I imagine. <laughs> right. Right. That's where the fun starts. Right. So, you know, what's a discretionary bonus versus what's not a discretionary bonus? That's that's frequently litigated, right? And so depending on what the bonus is for, uh, how it was communicated to the employees that they'd be receiving it, whether the employees expected it or not, those kinds of things typically will get litigated. Um, but, you know, some of the other items, you know, they're not really litigated that much because it's pretty clear cut that they're supposed to be included in the regular rate. So, good. Uh, well, that's a... Uh that makes a little bit more sense and having these things kind of enumerated helps out a lot uh, when it comes to deciding whether or not these things are compensatory or not. Um, and I, I do have one more last question, but I do one more quick thing back again. We are speaking with uh, Jesse Young of Summer Schwartz. Um, go to summerspc.com, S-O-M-M-E-R-S-P-C.com. If you want more information or if you want to check and see if you have a claim, um, and, and Jesse, I guess my final part of my question when it comes to um, this uh, miscalculation of overtime is the remedies. Now, if you if uh, an employee, if an employer screws up on compensation for overtime, I want to think that the, this is so nuanced and it's such a difficult thing that we got to have a little bit of leniency on the employer. What happens if... I do something wrong, or if my if the company does something wrong with the calculation of overtime, what are the penalties for that? Uh, sure. So, yeah, generally speaking, the penalties are pretty straightforward. Um, the employee, if there's a violation, the employee is entitled to go back uh, a maximum of three years, and is entitled to any wages that were not paid correctly, right? So, any back wages that weren't paid based on the calculation, uh, that's the basic or the baseline of the damages. In addition to simply the unpaid wages for three years, the employee is also entitled to seek liquidated damages under the statute. And what that means is basically you get to double the damages. So if an employee is owed $1,000 after the calculations are done, really, uh, they just get to double that number and, and seek $2,000. And that's pretty much it. It's a pretty straightforward uh, damage calculation that gets done. And in addition to that, uh, the employee can seek his or her statutory attorney's fees and costs um, to be paid by the employer to their counsel so that they don't have to pay their counsel out of their settlement that they receive. So it could be a pretty costly mistake for any employer who does these calculations wrong. Because it, most likely if they've done it wrong for one employee and they have many employees that they've done it wrong for 
all of their employees or a, a good chunk of them. So this could end up being a pretty costly endeavor. Yeah, it's costly. Uh, there's a couple ways to look at that. I mean, from my perspective, it's just money that they should have paid in the first place, right? That's one way to look at it. Uh, when you're talking about the liquidated damages piece, I suppose that's the costly aspect of it, right? So not only are you having to go back and pay what you should have paid in the first place, now you have to double that. And I, I guess that would be costly depending on the scope of the issue, right? And how many employees are involved um, and those types of things. And then, you know, if, if the case is litigated and there's some issues in dispute, you know, there's the attorney's fees and costs piece of that, which again, depending on the scope of the case and, and how much litigation actually happens, uh, I suppose that's another, another area where it could get very costly depending on how that goes. Yeah. And, and when I do mention that, I, I don't mean to like skirt the liability of the business owner necessarily, uh, but it, it is more of a cautionary tale. That's what I think I'm getting out of this is that make sure that you're doing things right and double check and um, speak to someone who is a professional in this realm to make sure that you don't have this kind of latent liability hit you later on where it could end up costing you quite a lot if you do things wrong. So, But also, like you said, it should have been this way in the first place. So it's it's not that much of a loss. Uh, so be, I guess, be proactive and make sure that you're doing things right. Right. Absolutely. And I, I guess I will add, you know, sometimes, I guess oftentimes, if we have an employer who... Uh, you know, missed something uh, along the way and didn't calculate it correctly. You know, there's a fair number of employers that just want to make it right. And they'll say, yeah, you know, we screwed it up and, you know, we just want to make it right. And, you know, let's, let's work together to figure out what's owed. And, and, you know, they do the right thing. They come forward and they, they pay those unpaid wages and, and we're able to get the case over quickly and get our clients paid. And, and typically they're correcting the mistake and it, it works out well for everyone. Yeah, I guess the the more defiant ones are the ones who you're going to want to seek uh, liquidated damages against to make sure that they understand that they screwed up and that they were wrong. So at least I, that's being offered as a, a part of the compensation. So, well, Jesse, we do appreciate you coming back on and giving us some good insight into this uh, miscalculation of overtime. Uh, any Any last words? Uh, no, not really, Justin. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, they can reach out to us. We're happy to review any situation they may have and happy to help. We're always here. Absolutely. Yeah, go to summerspc.com, uh, summers, S-O-M-M-E-R-S-P-C.com for more information uh, to see if you have a claim and talk to their special, their intake specialist and, and see where it takes you. And maybe you find something, maybe you find more than one thing as we talked about. There's a quite often, I imagine, where you find one thing and then uncover another. So thank you again for joining us. My name is Justin Isaac. This has been Overdue Overtime, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Overdue Overtime. Be sure to follow and subscribe whenever you listen to your podcasts. To read the blog associated with this episode, visit olusmedia.com. This episode was produced in San Diego, California. Ulysses Breton is creative director. Our sound engineer is Alan Glespar. Lena Alvarez is the producer, serving as executive producer and co-founder is J.C. Polk, and Chad Peace is president and co-founder. Olus Media is an IVC media company. Olus Media.